Hello, good morning, good afternoon to whoever, however you're listening to this and tuning in right now. Thank you all for listening to the show once again, Last Word Productions. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. And we're going to jump right up into some NFL news that broke today as we all was longer waiting for the news of J.J. Ward and where he would end up or where he would go and it was a bit of a head scratcher. He did sign. He did ink a deal today that he himself, <clears throat> excuse me, posted on Twitter and said that, you know, source me. And he basically had on, uh, I'm not sure if it was edited or not, or he was already in the facility getting work in, but he was put on, he had a shirt on with the Arizona Cardinals team on it. And it was reported that he had signed a two-year deal worth $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. And yes, this move is a bit of a head-scratcher because the Arizona Cardinals is a team that just mightily came off a very, very disappointing season after training for, ironically, a, another former Texan in DeAndre Hopkins, who many view as the best receiver in the league. The defense underperformed. I mean, maybe J.J. Watt could come in and help with that, but the defense isn't getting any younger. They have a lot of key aging players. I know Patrick Peterson is set to hit the market. Um, I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know Buda Baker is still relatively young, but the other starting corner, I believe uh, Dre Kirkpatrick, he isn't getting any younger. That nickel guy, the other Peterson, not getting, he's young, but he's not relatively reliable, I should say. At least he isn't someone that I would depend on to replace a former All-Pro like Patrick Peterson. And the top of the love, Kyler Murray just finished the year not good. I mean, he wasn't the MVP that he broke out the first four to six weeks of the season. He hit a slump middle of the season. Then he picked it up for a game or two, and then he just ended badly. I mean, he has to find that consistency, man. He has a lot of weapons around him. Larry Fitzgerald is the He's the ageless wonder. Now he has Deldre Hopkins, like I said, who many believe to be the best team in the league right now. Christian Kirk is one of the best deep threats in our league. Kenyon Drake, even though he's a slated to hit free agency, I believe he will be back with the Cardinals. And even if he doesn't come back, I think Chase Edmond is a legitimate serviceable. I want to say he's a legitimate starter, but I think he can be your relief pitcher. I think he can give the main guy the rest. I think he could be that pass option type of running back. I think he could be the <clears throat> excuse me. I think he could be the type that is like a Leonard Fournette or uh oh, who else? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think he could be those types that may not necessarily play every snap but he is effective in both running and passing. So I think I think it would be good for the Cardinals, especially with the offense they want to run. Now, with all that being said, I still don't understand the sign of why J.J. Watt would want to go there. Again, this team just mightily underperformed. Reports, All reports indicate that he wanted to sign with a contender. This isn't necessarily a contender. I'm not saying the Cardinals aren't talented. Because I think they have the team and the talent to actually contend. I'm not fully sold, excuse me, on Kiff Kingsbury. I'm high on him. I think he can can be a good coach. I think he's a good offensive-minded coach. 
but I'm not sure yet. I got to see it. I have to see it first, just like with Robert Sala. I think Robert Sala is going to be a hit, but I have to see it first. Now, with all that being said, at the end of the day, I, I thought he was going to sign with the Green Bay Packers. And all honesty, I thought he was either going to be the Packers team like the Rams or even a team like the Chiefs. You know, I, I thought he was going to go somewhere where he can maybe not play as large as a role as he's used to playing. But being the fact that he has suffered a lot of injuries and he's not the same effective player he's once used to be or carries that same demeanor or I didn't think he losing 20 to 25 snaps would make that big of a world of a difference to him I guess they did because he will get those type of snaps with the Cardinals but at the end of the day man I just this is honestly a move I didn't see coming this is a move that doesn't make the much sense to me it doesn't make perfect sense is this is this isn't a match made in heaven by any stretch of the imagination but who knows maybe it'll work out for them all maybe it will maybe it won't but i just as of now as we're taking it from the surface from face value i'm not i'm not fully behind this move for jj but i wish him nothing but the best and we're going to speak a little bit about what this has to do with the Seattle Seahawks now and Russell Wilson. Now, as we all know, Russell Wilson has grown frustrated with the lack of protection in Seattle. Now, granted, I have spoken on this and I have said I believe a lot of those sacks comes from the fact that Russell Wilson does have a tendency to hold the ball long, which isn't a, a fallacy at all. If you watch Russell Wilson play, you will know he does have a tendency to hold the ball. Which you can say it could, it could derive from the fact that he knows he has to make plays and win games. You could say that he knows he has to hold the ball to create that one more second of protection or step up in the pocket, whatever the case may be. Regardless of the fact he holds, he has a tendency to hold the ball long sometimes. He does. Nothing wrong with that. He's a great quarterback. He's top four, top three in his league. He's a great quarterback. You know, I'm not saying that he can't improve on that. He can, as we all can. We always can improve. But now you add J.J. Watt alongside a guy like Chandler Jones. You already had to deal with Aaron Donald and <clears throat> Leonard Floyd. You already had to deal with Nick Bosa. Excuse me, I almost said Joey Bosa. You always had to deal with Nick Bosa and Frank Clark. Not Frank Clark, excuse me, D. Ford. You already had to deal with these guys. Now you got to bring in J.J. Watt. So now you have, at the very least, two, maybe not premier pass rushers, but you have, at the very least, two really, really solid, to, or really one really solid and one great pass rusher. On every team, you will play twice a year now. I'm pretty sure that's not boating well for Russell Wilson. I'm more than... Positive is not, man. I mean, he's already it's already been reported he walked out of a team meeting because his wishes and you know his insights were being ignored. It's already been reported that the Seahawks are growing frustrated with him. It is always and it also has been reported that he isn't necessarily not asking for a trade, but he hasn't come out and debunked anything either. I mean, he's. He hasn't demanded a trade, of course. 
Not yet, at least. But as we all know, he has a list. And this, whenever you make a list or you give other options, that means you have already done one or two things. One, you've already considered moving on if it comes to that, which you believe by the fact that you have a list and you know where you want to go, that means you think it can't come to that. That's one. And two, you already made your mind up that you want to go. You just want to see if they will actually hear you out. And to be honest with you, I I I think that's where Russell Wilson's at in his career. I think he wants I think he's looking at the Deshaun Watson situation. I think he's looking at the Tom Brady situation. He's going, man, Brady just went over to Tampa Bay and literally played Madden franchise. He built his own franchise and won the Super Bowl. First year in the NFC. He's looking at Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, 25 years old, demanding the trade. He's pushing all the right buttons to get out of Texas. So Russell Wilson probably looking like, man, I'm 32. I don't have many years left with this game, especially at a high level at my peak right now. I have to get myself in a position to help better my legacy and build that argument that I am one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. He And his legacy obviously matters to him because all you had to do was go back and listen to some of his interviews of when all of this first started to become an uproar. He genuinely values his legacy. I mean, as he should. You know, you take pride in what you do as a man, regardless of what it is. Sports, a podcast, radio, working at Foot Locker. You take pride in your job and your profession because at the end of the day, regardless of what it is, it is what you chose to put yourself into, so you're going to do it to the best of your capabilities. Now, sometimes that may mean you have to consider changing the the store that you're working at or going to a different location or networking to get more insights on certain things and things like that. You know, sometimes it just takes that little change of scenery and a little bit more of an oomph to give you that real edge. And I think that's what Russell Wilson is seeing right now, man. I mean, he's looking at some of these quarterbacks around the league. Oh, man. Aaron Rodgers got a really good O-line. Even though his defense or whatever the case may be is another part, they did one thing good about him. They gave him a good O-line. Derek Carr, great offensive line. Dak Prescott, great offensive line. You know, whoever the quarterback will be with the coach, which is Carson Wentz now that we all know, great offensive line. Matthew Stafford went from the Detroit Lions to the L.A. Rams. Good offensive line, good, better weapons, way better defense. Russell Wilson's looking like, okay, man, okay, man, what do I got to do to get some of this? Like, what do I have to do to get this type of treatment? And I think that's where the line is drawn, man. I, I think he's ready. I think he's willing to push some buttons for the Seahawks. I don't I don't necessarily believe he will be traded, but it would not shock me if it came to that point. Because right now as it stands, 
Russell Wilson, he seems he doesn't seem dug in to one out, but he seems dug in to let it be known my legacy will not be predetermined by a franchise and their inability to put the needed pieces around me to be my most successful self. And I don't think he's going... I, I think he will force his way out of the Seattle before he allows that to happen. Now, granted, I do think the Seahawks is a very well-ran organization, and I think they will accommodate for his feelings eventually the, rather than sooner than later. Now, if they don't, I think this can get ugly, but I highly, highly, highly doubt that it gets to that point. Now, let's get off into some NBA news, as we all seen. The NBA, there's some winning streaks currently right now, and the longest one, I believe, right now is the Miami Heat, and they won, I believe now is seven straight games. It's either six or seven. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's one of those. And they've honestly, they're starting to pick up that steam that they once did have in the bubble, just like how Jamal Murray is starting to pick up steam like he once had in the bubble. But the Miami Heat, the thing that is messing with for them right now is the fact that they're finding open shooters. They're creating open shots for one another, and they're could play. They're playing complementary defense. That is something that really, really helped them in the bubble, man. And they're starting to find that a little bit right now. It's not as as impeccable as it was in the bubble, but. They're finding it right now at a, a pretty high clip, and it's paying all the world dividends for them. Like, seriously, it really is, man. And I just believe that it's some things right now in the league that's pretty evident to me, if I do so, if I could say. Now, as I thought it was evident that Utah just got hot. And they're going to end up being the same team that they always been these past couple of seasons. They're going to be either one or done or they're going to win the playoff berth and be done. They're not a team I can see challenging for the West. To me, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know what they're missing, but they're missing something. They need a little, little bit more firepower, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know what position they could hone in on and just say, this guy will make us this much better. I don't I don't necessarily know if that's just them needing something or just the fact that these teams are simply just better. So it's it's hard for me to say because for the longest I said all the Pelicans really needed was a big. They went out against Steven Adams, who I'm a huge fan of, still struggling. So at some point I I, I just think coaching and ownership and player development it, I, it has to start mattering a little bit more when you build a, a well-rounded roster. And to me, this shows perfectly why having superstars matter. I mean, I don't listen. I don't care how of a well-rounded team you feel as if you are or what you do. You, in today's a and age, and regardless if it's the NFL or NBA, you need superstars to win in today's leagues. You you just do. If you look back at the past five Super Bowl winners and the five NBA championship winners, there would be a superstar on these teams. 
You had Brady just last year. Patrick Mahomes the year before. You go, go to the NBA, LeBron, KD, Steph Curry, Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie may not necessarily be a superstar, but he's a star player, you know. Then the Eagles, you, you can say they're a bit of an outlier, but if you go back and look at Nick Foles' career stats with the Philadelphia Eagles, he was a superstar in that city, man. Legit. Like, it's no joking. that His success in Philly literally landed him and gave his the rest of his career blood flow. It gave him oxygen. It gave him life. If it wasn't for his career it's with the Eagles, excuse me, I don't know why I almost said Cincinnati, he never would have made the Pro Bowl. He never would have been a Super Bowl champion. He never would have got the contract he had got with Kansas City. None of these things would have happened. But because his success and his stardom that started to pay from Philly, it happened for him. I don't know if it's because he loved that city or the fans. Or I don't know what it was, but he just was a completely different guy when he played for Philly, man. And it showed. It honestly showed. So, I mean... It definitely stardom matters in today's leagues, man. And that's why I say a team, if you can go in and get Deshaun Watson, regardless of who you give up and what you do, you win. If you can go in and get Russell Wilson, regardless of what you do or who you trade for him, you win. Now, Russell Wilson isn't a spring chicken. He isn't 25 like Deshaun Watson. But you know, for the next, at the very least... The very least, the next five years, you know you have a window to put together the best team you can assemble around this dude for the next five years and get high top four quarterback play out of him. You know that for the next five years. If you tell him you can't put together a, a complete team or even, it doesn't even have to be complete because like I said, you don't necessarily need a 53-well-man rounded roster. You just need pieces in place that you know will help this guy prevail. You get that? Who's, who's to say you can't compete for a Super Bowl? But again, that's another conversation for another day. And to me, it's just, it's just astonishing how some people don't want to realize that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give an example. Like when the Miami Heat wanted to trade for James Harden, but they weren't willing to give up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. It was either or. You know, the the uh, I believe the Rockets wanted both, and the Heat said no. They're not willing to give up Tyler Hero. Huge mistake. Now I like Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero would be a very good player in this league. But listen. He will never be James Harden. Never. I don't care how you feel about James Harden. I know he has his moments in the playoffs. I know he has had terrible outings. Tyler Hero will never be what James Harden is. And there's no knock against him. James Harden is one of the best players, best shooting guards we have ever seen play this game. There's no knock against Tyler Hero at all. James Harden is, outside of guys like Kobe, D-Wade, Jordan, of course, 
maybe Allen Iverson, Jerry West. Outside of these five guys, there aren't any other shooting guards in the history of the game that you're taking over James Harden. And I'm taking, if I'm being truthful to you all, I'm taking him over Allen Iverson and Jerry West. I am. So to me, on my list, he's the fourth best shooting guard of all time. You know, and I, I'm not just looking at the careers. I'm looking at at their best. Who would I want? James Harden is the bigger guard between the guy, the, the two. He's the better passer between the two. I think Jerry West benefited from the the era he played in. He's he, the way better athlete than Jerry West. I don't care what you've seen on the combines, um, papers, and all of a sudden. He's the way better athlete than Jerry West. Way better. He's the better shooter than Jerry West. He's the more efficient scorer than Allen Iverson. Even as hard as that may sound, it's the truth. He is. He's a league MVP. Excuse me. He's a league MVP, just like these guys were held to that same study and they received those same, very same awards. Received the very same awards, excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> had to fix something real fast. But I think James Harden is a, a very generational talent kind of caliber player. I don't think Tyler Hero will ever be that. He, he's not the playmaker he is. He is a good shot creator. He's not the great shot creator James Harden is. He can't create for others. Even though people describe James Harden as a defensive liability, that is clearly not the case anymore. Maybe four years ago, but now he holds his own, even in the post-defense. He's actually graded out as one of the best post-defenders amongst fours and guards the past two seasons. So this whole narrative that he doesn't play defense anymore is kind of out the window. And plus the fact that it doesn't help that Tyler Hero isn't a good defender himself. So... I mean, a guy who you know give you 30, know give you 10 assists, know can give you a couple rebounds with that, and he's the better defender at his peak of his game. I mean, I don't see how you don't trade for that, regardless of what you have to give up. As long as, if I was Miami, as long as I can keep Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, I don't care who else you take off my roster for James Harden. You can have them. As long as I can keep those two guys, I'm good. I'm I'm fine. You can take you can literally take everyone else. You want Doug Robinson done? Take him. You want Tyler Hero done? Take him. You want you want none? Done. Take him. You want <clears throat> Prince Achua done? Take him. Eagle Dollar done? Take him. It doesn't matter. I, that's I just named what five players. Take them all. <laughs> you can have the three first round picks for the next three years too. Ask the Lakers if they regret trading for Anthony Davis and giving up all those players and picks. Ask the Rams if they re- they regret trading for Jalen Ramsey giving up those players and picks. Ask them. You know what they'll tell you? Hell no. They don't. They don't. It led to a championship. It led to the number one defense in the league. They don't. But thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Please be sure to like, subscribe to the channel. And please be sure to check me out on all my platforms. I am on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, YouTube, TuneIn, Radio Public. I'm everywhere you can think of a, a, a podcast will be. Thank you all once again, and I'll see you all in the next one.